something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording live from Podstream Studios here in Times Square. Folks, I'm going to get into a very in-depth conversation with our friend and in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Mepsel, about where we are um, with COVID-19 and kind of unpacking the confusion around the booster shots. Do we get them? Do we not get them? Are they going to be widely available? Are they not going to be widely available? But before we get into that conversation with Jonathan, this breaking news has just come in, which is this. According to MSNBC, COVID-19 has now killed about as many Americans as the 1918-1919 Spanish flu pandemic. And let's just say this, if you are unclear about where the number stands right now, is that right now, COVID-19 has killed 675,000 Americans. Think about that for a moment. 675,000 Americans have lost their lives through this pandemic. We know that a large portion of those that lost their lives happened in 2020, before there was a vaccine that was eligible, before we knew that we were going to have a vaccine and we were still understanding how this virus was working and moving. It's so hard for me to really think about where we were last year when we were applauding healthcare workers, when we were, you know, sending encouraging notes and sending pizzas and cupcakes to hospitals. And now a year later, we're holding protests and taking horse hormones and doing everything and anything that we can to either deny the fact that COVID-19 exists, to really trample on the memories of those who have lost loved ones. And let me remind you, I am one of those people, right? My family lost my step-grandmother just a couple of, you know, when, when you look at it, November will be a year 
right? She was a very healthy, vibrant, 70-something-year-old woman who got COVID and within three weeks was gone. There are so many Americans now that have that story because when we think about the 675,000 people that have lost their lives, how many families, how many friends, we are getting to a place where every single one of us will know someone close to us that will have been lost to this virus. And yet we still have politicians going on television, spreading lies, and we do nothing. They're not fined. They're not jailed. They're not called treasonous. It's just the way of the world now. And what I want folks to understand too, and this it will be part of the conversation that I have with Jonathan later, is the fact that there is no going back to normal. And I understand that that is an overwhelming thing to wrap our minds around. Because to me, pre-COVID life seems lifetimes away. It seems like I don't even really remember what happened in 2019. I don't really remember what it was like to get on the train and not double mask or to not want to sit next to people or to, you know, go to large events. Now, of course, there are people who have been acting like nothing has changed over the course of the last 19 months and continuing on with their selfish ways with life as normal, but it's not. And no matter how many types of gaslighting uh, that the Republican Party tries to throw our way, I mean, go and talk to your local mortician, go to the local funeral home, go to the local hospital and not for a protest, but to talk with healthcare workers, right? Who can tell you firsthand what they've been seeing and what they've been going through. Go sit down with one of the members of your community. I'm sure there are many that have lost loved ones to the pandemic. This is something that I don't think that America is ever going to get over. And when we finally have some distance between us and this pandemic, I can't wait to see what is going to be written. Because my assumption is that it's going to be the same kind of bullshit that's written about slavery or not written at all, right? We're going to pretend that Americans were all together and we're going to pretend that there wasn't divisiveness and we're going to pretend that doctors and healthcare workers weren't being beaten up or threatened, right? We're going to pretend that Americans were united and that we were patriots and that we faced this problem together. That will be the fucking fiction that is fed to children generations from now, if in fact the planet is still around, you know, because we also ignore the fact that climate change is ravaging this country as well as this health pandemic. You know, it's, it's a troubling place that we are in. And what continues to come up for me is that this is just the way things are. And I feel that that's what is getting my spirits down. And why I say to folks, we got to be very conscious of boosting our own serotonin levels, of creating protective boundaries around ourselves, around our loved ones, so that we don't allow these, you know, joy vacuums to steal, you know, what goodness, what little bit of goodness does exist on a day-to-day basis. But it is our job to find that goodness, to find those silver linings, because there is just so many clouds around us everywhere that we look. And so, friends, you know, as we go through and have this conversation with Jonathan and unpack where we are currently, 
I will again reiterate that it is important for you to ground yourself in something other than misery. And I'm not telling you to not pay attention, but I'm saying to do so in sparingly ways. Protect your spirit, protect your energy, and protect yourselves so that you have the strength and the wherewithal to be able to navigate during these hard-pressed times. Coming up next, dear friends, is my conversation with our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzel, to unpack what is the latest and what we need to know with regard to COVID, the boosters, the FDA, and the CDC. I am always so pleased to work through the apocalyptic present that we are living in with our friend, our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzel, the most patient man in America. <laughs> Jonathan, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to talk to you about that happened at the end of last week was the Pfizer board voting against the booster shots, right? The, the expansion of the booster shots outside of 65 and up who have pre-existing conditions and the board deciding that now is not the time for that booster shot, but then coming back and saying that it's fine for those that are 65 and older. Can you talk about this voting and why they voted against the booster shot and then why the administration initially came out and said, everybody needs a booster and the boosters will be wildly available in October. And now that is not the case. And because this, this back and forth, right? Like even I, I was sitting at home with my family, my mother, because she had brain surgery last year would be eligible. My dad, no, he would, he would not be because he doesn't have a preexisting condition and is not in the age range category, but they were my mother, who is a retired registered nurse, it like everything just seems so confusing. And we're sitting there and we're very studied and like thoughtful people. And we're like, what the hell is going on? So can you walk us through the decision by Pfizer, then the, the voting of no, then the voting of yes, and how it is in contrast to what the administration had said, which is then in contrast to what the CDC said with regard to the booster shot? Well, it's certainly confusing, and I, I understand that people are confused. I mean, people have to realize, first of all, that this is happening in real time, right? It's, it's we're, what are we, feels like 9,000 years into this pandemic, but it's pretty much really, it really is like, you know, it's so, but you know, it, it's going to take us 10 years to figure out what exactly the right thing is to do here. Um, I will say, and you, you can, I, I feel, I feel pretty strongly that what's going to happen here are a couple things. First of all, mm-hmm. um, boosters are going to become much more the norm. Um, I think the problem was the file that was um, given to the FDA had just a very low number of cases. So it wasn't convincing data from a kind of mass population standpoint to justify everybody getting a booster. And so I think they were rightly skeptical because what's called the N, the number of people who who were in the study was just not high enough to know what's the benefit of this. But there is a lot of research happening in places like Israel where boosters are very widespread that I think is showing um, that the boosters increase antibodies, they increase defenses, they give you probably another six months of protection, things like that. So I do think that's where we're going. The issue is though, that now the whole world needs to get vaccines. And so as we move toward, I mean, this was just the beginning of the decisions about boosters. I, again, I'm, I'm very certain that boosters are going to become 
the norm going forward um, it, because they work. I mean, the studies in Israel, for example, and the, a J and J study that came out today showed a, a real significant benefit, um, at least in the short, immediate term, from boosters. Mm -hmm. um, in the face of what we're finding to be waning efficacy, unfortunately, from the vaccines um, over time. But the issue is also going to be a supply issue because more important than boosters are getting everybody in Africa vaccinated, getting everybody in South America vaccinated. And so I think that we're going to like there's a moment now where there's just a lot, a lot of surplus in the United States. And I think the one downside of the way this is playing out is that boosters are going to become more the norm as potentially supply goes down. And I think that's what I think that's what. I don't know, but I think that's what the Biden administration was trying to do is to push the boosters, even as they obviously were, you know, we're giving a lot of virus, a lot of vaccine to uh, to other parts of the world right now. Um, but I, so I, I think it's not the, it's not the end of this story. It was just that the file that was given to the FDA didn't have enough sample stuff. But, but again, I, I don't, I, I think that what was anticipated to happen will probably be happening pretty soon because again there was an 11,000 person study in Israel and it did show that the vaccines were kind of doing what what we thought the initial you know the the, the boosters are, are are pretty helpful so let me ask you this too because again I'm 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 not a medical doctor is what is the difference between a booster and your second shot of the vaccine. So for instance, if I'm concerned, right, I got my Moderna shot at the beginning of this year, right? And so now we're moving into a place where I'm just like, am I still covered, right? I, I obviously live in New York, so we're wearing masks and, you know, and you have to be vaccinated to be inside and, you know, and wearing masks even still and trying to stay outside for as long as possible until, you know, it's unbearable. And then I'll probably just go back into my Brooklyn bunker uh, for the winter. But what is the difference between a booster shot and me going into, you know, one of the pharmacies and just getting another shot of the vaccine just so that people understand, like, what is there a difference and what, you know, and, and what that is? Well, we could talk. <laughs> we, I mean, no, I'm just saying there's so much to say about this right now. And so part of the issue is. So remember, we were just saying that you have initially you have your antibody response in your mm -hmm. in your blood. And then you have memory cells because you you can't have too many, like if you had antibodies to every foreign pathogen that you came across, you know, dirt and your neighbor's terrible music and all these kinds of things, you're you're you wouldn't have blood because you'd have so many antibodies. So your 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 antibodies are like your first line of defense. And then your your blood then also creates these these longer term kind of like a, a stockpile stored away somewhere of, of defense. And so mm -hmm. Um, so boosters stimulate the antibody response. That's why people, after they get boosters, probably for two, three, four weeks, they could walk through the valley of COVID and not get it, which isn't what they do long-term. Whereas the long-term cells, basically, they you can get infected if you have not antibodies, but these longer-term cells. But the minute it's in your body, then they mobilize. And that's why people don't get as sick is because these long-term cells won't let the virus take over your lungs, for example, or other kinds of dramatic effects. And so there are like two lines of defense and the boosters are just, are just stimulating that in, in, in the face of 
what looks like potentially waning immunity from, from the vaccines. And so, I mean, TBD about how this is all really going to play out. I mean, I personally thought a couple of months ago that the way the boosters were going to play out was we were actually going to get boosters that were specifically targeted toward the Delta variant. Um, but I don't know, that seems to have cooled down a little bit. So we'll have to see what happens. I mean, I certainly think that, remember we called the coronavirus like a million years ago, the novel coronavirus, right? Because it's right. brand new. So no humans had any defense against it. And really every time you get something like a shot, you're just, you're just teaching your, teaching your body to defend itself against this brand new threat. Um, mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the hard part is there are vaccines and we were hopeful this would be the case that stop a virus dead in its tracks, like the polio vaccine, for example, right. after years and years of trying, we found a vaccine that stopped polio dead in its tracks. But unfortunately, because COVID is an airborne virus, um, it's just like there's too much of it kind of floating out there in, in the air. And so part of the issue is the COVID vaccine, I don't think right now is ever really going to function like the polio vaccine where you just get it once and you're done and you're not going to get it or something like that. Um, so this is, this is a lot of kind of learning in real time right now as mm -hmm. like our economic and political systems, <laughs> you know, <laughs> try to screw everything up. So I think, I mean, honestly, optimistically, I hope we're getting there. Again, I would follow places that have you know, politics aside, read the online newspapers of places that are doing a lot of um, a lot of boosters just to see how they're reporting on it. Like I read um, Haaretz, the Israeli paper, um, as often as I can. Um, uh, other places that are doing vaccine th that are doing boosters, like just just so you can get, you can see. I, I for me, it's no big deal. Just go get another shot at CVS or something like that. But 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 I think we'll have to see. I mean, the downside. And I apologize, there's a lot of information at once, but the downside is um, we know that boosters shorten your immediate, boosters give you an immediate, immediate defense, but we don't know a How year long? from now. Yeah, a yeah. year from now. So we're, we're figuring it out. But I, again, I would err on the side of boosters personally. Um, so. But we just don't. And, and do we know, for instance, um, again, I was vaccinated at the beginning of this year. Do we know the efficacy of the vaccine, you know, now that it's been eight months, right? It's been seven or eight months since I was initially vaccinated, the efficacy of the vaccine. Like how, how, it is, how long does it take for it to start weaning or not being as effective? Well, again, we're figuring that out. You're yeah. in good shape. You're in good shape because you've got the Moderna, which I think it's a higher dose of a shot than the Pfizer. And so- Again, the Israeli data was all from Pfizer, and they found about six to eight months that that's when people started seeing, like, we didn't even know, imagine, over the summer, early in the summer, we didn't even know there were breakthrough infections. Remember how right. shocking all that was? And, and what we found was there were breakthrough infections six months to eight months into it, and people weren't remember, these people were getting infected because they didn't have antibodies, but then the memory cells were was were largely protecting them from severe illness. And so I think that the key question, a high level of antibodies, um, is how long does that memory cell protection last? And that's really the, the million dollar question right now. How long does that memory cell protection last? Right. But, but unfortunately, the issue is going to be, there's not going to be a world except Tennessee on the party bus 
where we're <laughs> not going to also have to be doing all the other stuff, right? So it's it's also going to be we're still going to be wearing you know our favorite mask and um, you know all those kind of things. We're still going to be doing that for for a while. So this is people say it's the new normal. I, I think it's the new abnormal, but this is the world we're living in right now. Um, all in all, it's good to have a vaccine, <laughs> you know? Um, but I mean, I, I think, you know, the reality, the reality is stark, right? You know, we were kind of at the beginning of this pandemic, you and I were talking about the fact that, well, the, you know, the Spanish flu lasted for two years. Well, we're moving into 19 months, right. Of, of COVID being in existence on the planet. And because of Republicans, right. We're never getting rid of it. Right. And the reality is, is that the desire to go back to normal, normal seems so far from where we are right now. And I don't think that we're going back. I do think that this is the new normal. I think that getting regular shots, wearing masks are going to be like our our future. I don't see 2022 being any different than 2020, other than the fact that we have, you know, a vaccine and we'll have boosters. But I don't see how it's really that different. And I guess that's my last question for you is, you know, I don't see there being much of a difference in 2022 to where we are right now or 2023 or 2024. What are you thinking about as the calendar moves on and, you know, and we're four months, you know, away from the new year? Well, think about those first months of pandemic here in New York where it was nonstop sirens. I mean, that was, that was about, for our lifetimes, as traumatizing a time as you can imagine. And so I just want to emphasize that we are in a much better place than we were then, where we had no idea what we were doing, um, and we had no treatment. Um, so now we have a treatment, and we also know, I mean, it, it just depends how you look at it. Like, I'm, I feel like, as I said before, there's an apex predator on our planet who's not us, but that apex predator has gifted us the outdoors, right? You can go outside and pretty much not worry about COVID. So it lets us go outside. Um, and we have to probably get shots until we figure out a better long-term plan. So for me, that's better than those first couple of months of pandemic where everybody was dying. Like that was that was a, a, a horrific and, and it's still happening in parts of the country. So on, on a medical and public health standpoint, we're, we're a lot better off than we were in the beginning. But the problem is, now it becomes not just about medical treatment, it's about functioning political systems. And our political system is so dysfunctional that it really is putting us behind the curve if you compare us to New Zealand or Iceland or, you know, Pluto, pretty much anywhere else in the galaxy. <laughs> um, because our political system is, is so fractured and becoming so much more fractured because, you know, you can either you can engage with public health or you can weaponize public health and it's just being weaponized way too much right now. That is it for today's Woke AF Daily Podcast. To hear more from today's show, including my full interview with Dr. Jonathan Metzl, support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Woke AF. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots 
the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.